Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Chips. Getting you, yes you, in the game. And what an incredible slate of NFL matches we have for you this week. Matt Sherry and I will go through all of the games. Look at who's going to win, who's going to lose, what that means for divisions, home field advantages and everything else. This is the Gridiron Show. This is the Gridiron Show. Ollie doing the intro means only one thing. Will Gavin is not here. Rumour has it that Will Gavin is watching Star Wars right now for the third time in 24 hours. What an absolute disgrace. But luckily, I am joined by Matthew Sherry down the line. Matt, how are you? I'm very good. I've also seen Star Wars, but... I haven't watched it for the... How many times has well watched it genuinely at this point? Bearing in mind it came out yesterday. I think probably third. It could be four. Definitely once with me last night. Uh, then another one this morning. He may have watched another one this afternoon. That's why we're recording this at 20 past seven. Because Will, uh, bless him, has decided to go and watch Star Wars again rather than speak to you or I. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty It's pretty ridiculous. Well, and I, to be fair, we had arranged to do it in the morning, but I'd fallen asleep because I'm totally engrossed in the ashes and the fast that is England, and why can't we get Steve Smith out? Why? This is a little bit of cricket nerdism that I'm going to put to you now, Matt. I know you like your cricket. Why don't they just bowl outside the off stump, almost half volleys, maybe two foot outside the off stump, load that entire area. He can't walk across three sets of stumps to then hit it, on the onto the leg side, I don't, I, I, I don't understand why they don't bowl to that plan. I think that is the only way to get him out is to just try and bore him out, isn't it? By throwing it outside off stump because he's so desperate to get across and play through the leg side. But he is the best, worst looking batsman I've ever seen. It's incredible, isn't it? And he averages, yeah, it really is. He averages sixty, which is. I mean, you can see why, because no one can get him out. But when you watch him, the the movement as the bowler comes to the crease, he shuffles across his stumps, and you think, oh, my God, you're li-. as a bowler, your eyes would light up. And, right, I'm going to get him out LBW every time. But he's got such great hand-eye that he he manages to, to do what he needs to do. That, I, look, that's the first and last time on this podcast that we'll talk about <laughs> cricket today. That, we went a bit into that. Uh, did you watch Broncos Colts last night? I watched about an hour of it because I woke up at three in the morning and couldn't get to sleep. I basically watched the whole of the Broncos come back and then turned it off again with about <laughs> seven minutes left. Good, so you watched the good bit, which is the bit that I watched also. So Brock Osweiler came in for the injured Trevor Simeon who hurt his shoulder. Uh, we think it could be a dislocated shoulder. He's going for an MRI scan today. That's Friday. But I believe he's just, just been put on IR. I think so, I've just uh, well, there we where. go. So he's just been put on IR hot off the presses hot off the twitter is uh, breaking news from Matthew Sherry so Trevor Simeon is out out on IR but Brock Osweiler comes in two touchdowns 194 yards he's 12 out of 17 he ran another one in 
CJ Anderson had a really good game, 158 yards of 30 carries. So what they were doing, it was run the ball, pound the ball, and then Brock finds the open lanes against a pretty poor Indianapolis Colts secondary. Do we take this performance from Osweiler seriously? Um, it depends in what context. I mean, not in terms of moving forward with them as a starter beyond this season, but I mean, Vance Joseph should take it seriously because the last two games might have helped save his job for all it was wins against the Jets and, and Indianapolis. Denver didn't look like they'd win another game a couple of weeks ago, yeah. so when the end of the season comes round, it looks a lot better for him now that they're up to are they up to five or six wins now maybe yeah five and nine so yeah I think for Vance Joseph it's an important win but I think Denver know they need to find a, a new answer at quarterback next year and it doesn't look like it's any guy on their roster at the moment for those who didn't see the game or the highlights what did what was Brock Osweiler doing that was actually quite good that I've been lambasting him for a very long time that he wasn't doing what were the good parts of his game I just thought I mean it's a difficult one because for you could you could throw prayers at him and ultimately that Colts defence is, is largely terrible but I, I thought he just looked more like he looked like in that first year and everybody forgets in the first year when he replaced Manning he didn't look too bad and that's why he got the te- the contract he did off the Texans so he just looked a lot more comfortable it, a lot of the times with Osweiler it feels like he's he's just rushing decisions and he kind of like closes his eyes and throws the ball but he just seemed a lot more in control I don't know what you thought Exactly that. I, I thought he was choosing his throws correctly. Um, he wasn't panicking. He didn't look like Bambi in headlights. And I think he was actually going through his progressions quite well. It, it helps that the Colts, one, have a terrible secondary, two, don't have a very good uh, linebacking core, and three, don't have any pass rush. So they, he was playing against a terrible team. But I think, again, he could be the Broncos the Broncos uh, second quarterback backup quarterback next year depending on what happens with <laughs> with their quarterbacking situation next year which is completely wide o- wide open it could be they could end up getting uh, Kirk Cousins or they could end up picking uh, Sam Darnold or so- you know we don't know what's going to happen with them and it as far as Elway goes uh, this is almost as this quarterbacking situation next year would be his last chance in in doing anything right we've spoken about this game far far too much let's <laughs> let's start previewing some of the some of the six o'clock games on Sunday and oh no let's start off with Saturday football that's the right thing to yeah. go we'll go chronologically but we'll we'll skip the uh, the earlier game until a bit later uh, we'll start off with the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the LA Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs are hosting the Chargers both at seven and six. This is the later game, so one thirty hour time. It's got to be a winner takes all game. You'd have thought in this division, right, Matt? It is for the division itself. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the level on games now these two teams. So, I mean, it will give Los Angeles for the first time a, a clear a clear lead in the division and if they lose it they've basically got no chance because Kansas City would have two wins over them so in terms of the division it's absolutely uh, I think this is basically the division title on the line in this game in terms of the overall scheme of both teams in the playoffs I, I actually don't think it matters too much it, whichever team loses this if they win their final two games is probably going to get in the playoffs at this point so yeah it does matter I mean I think the only caveat to that could be if 
Miami have a tiebreaker over Los Angeles if they win out but I mean I think that's unlikely so yeah I mean it's a division decider and a very exciting one a lot of the times these Saturday games are a real letdown I mean I feel like every year you get excited for a different night of games and they ultimately aren't the best but they, this this window of games looks there's something that's interesting in, interesting in both sets of games but this one in particular could easily be Sunday night football it's that exciting in fact, it's more exciting than what Sunday night football is. A hundred percent. We'll get to Sunday night football sadly a bit later on, but it's a hundred percent better than the Raiders against the Cowboys. Although both teams essentially have a little bit to play for, they're two very bad teams. In the in terms of the Kansas Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry, are they? Are they back considering what happened over the last two weeks and it looks like the the offence is humming again? Kareem Hunt has managed to get on the score sheet, uh, get through the end back to, through the end zone again and uh, Alex Smith is, is, is connecting deep with with his receivers again. Are they back? Can we take them seriously or is this, this game against the Chargers and that Chargers defence which has looked so good over the last five or six weeks, that's the real acid test? I think offensively the last two weeks have been encouraging but well two weeks ago in particular was because as much as the loss to the Jets they did go in there and put up some points against a team who have been pretty good against everybody this year I don't think you can read anything into last week because Auckland to me uh, for the talent level that they have are, are, a, are a real bottom tier team now and you can see that the wheels have kind of come off on that whole thing which is why I'm just said what I've said about Sunday Night Football so this is the acid test now to see whether Kansas City are a team if they can get back to the form from earlier in the season they're a team nobody wants to face in the playoffs but you do wonder whether whether they can get it done in this game and it'll tell us a lot about them I think there's a lot of games this week where teams are on a knife edge even at the highest level and this these particular games will tell us an awful lot about what they'll be like the rest of the season and Kansas City's one of those now I'm loving what the Chargers are doing on offence at the moment Philip Rivers has looked really really good um, Keenan Allen has had four straight 100 yard games we had uh, Tyrell Williams going off last week and with that one especially, especially big play the 75 yarder but he had another three catches amounting f- about that amount of yards as well uh, Melvin Gordon's looked really good Austin Eckler they've got Hunter Henry a guy who and I don't think this has been said much at all the transition that they've had from Antonio Gates to Hunter Henry has been pretty seamless and Henry is now he's not playing the jury's still out as to whether he will be as good as Antonio Gates but he's playing as well as Antonio Gates did at the in the twilight of Antonio Gates's career which uh, he's still a San Diego Charger yeah. Hunter Henry has taken on that mantle and carried on that level of performance if not the same amount of touchdowns but the reliability for Philip Rivers now that Los Angeles Chargers offense that will put up points against any of the de- defenses in the AFC if not um, the NFC as well yeah I mean what a difference having a fully healthy Keenan Allen makes oh. I mean he's really been the, the huge huge difference in their offence because they've got him I, he is one of the best five wide receivers in the NFL I think Keenan Allen un- underratedly so I mean whenever he's been on the field he's been awesome and this last stretch of games three, four, five games he's broken records he's been incredible and to me, what tells you everything you need to know about the Chargers' offense is Keenan Allen's been getting 100 yards plus a game, and yet you still feel like spreading the ball around. Now, 
that is pretty incredible that they're getting it, getting in the service they are, but still everybody's getting the ball. And I, I think that they're humming on both sides of the ball, Los Angeles. Nobody wants to face them. Nobody at all. Plus, they have hands down the best set of uniforms in uh, the entire NFL. Hashtag kit watch. Now, the kit earlier. <laughs> you love it. Uh, well, I do, certainly. The early game. I, I do too, Ollie. You've really. You've really turned it into something for me. Thanks, mate. This is what I try to. I was disappointed, actually. Gridiron put out a tweet yesterday uh, from our Twitter account, at Gridiron on Twitter, saying, uh, uh, highlighting the two kits, the two uniforms from su- Thursday Night Football. Didn't have the hashtag kit watch. I'll have to speak to the people that were doing social media uh, for us, because that, that is completely unacceptable. That's poor. It's poor from them. I did. Yeah, garbage. Of course, I retweeted, uh, quote tweeted, hashtag Kitwatch. But you know that shouldn't be. That is actually it's not the same, is it? Technically, that's what I do. That's kind of one of my Twitter things. So you know, maybe they should continue doing that, and uh, I'll just keep uh, hashtagging it. Uh, the earlier game is uh, the Chicago Bears, who coming off a, a gargantuan win at the the Bengals last week, Jordan Howard looking fantastic they're going into uh, Detroit to take on the Lions who the Lions are still within within a chance of an outside bet of, within a chance of an outside bet of a, a slim minuscule you're saying there's a chance but they have a chance of making the playoffs if they win out it would be very difficult not to put them in now the Chicago Bears as I said coming off of that that uh, excellent win at the Bengals the Bengals who are uh, let's face it they're on the beach already to use a soccer term it's a it's a, they're a dumpster fire of a, of a team so should the Detroit Lions be worried at all about the Chicago Bears renaissance I, I think the Bears have been a team that barring two or three games have played a lot of games including ones that nobody expected them to close this season I mean the one of only two teams to have beaten Pittsburgh I mean, the the thing with the Bears is, if you stop the running game, you stop the Bears. But if you don't stop it, they're very difficult to face because they've got a game, probably top ten defense or around that figure. And and when the and that defense only gets better when they actually control the ball. And when they do, when they get Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen going, they're a really difficult team to face. So if Detroit win, they stop the run first. The the one thing I would say about the Bears is, I think they were in Cincinnati last week, but as a general rule have been a much better team at home than they have been on the road so mm. you would back Detroit but I, I don't think Detroit fans can rest on the laurels and think that this is a guaranteed win because the Bears have shown this season that they can be really competitive and Stafford's bruised throwing hand didn't really affect him as much as anyone thought it would last week um, an extra week of rehab should help that but he's still not 100% the, the Bears if they had a running game it's say Jordan Howard was on the Bears offence that sorry Jordan Howard was on the Lions offence if the Lions nice. had a running game it would be they would be incredible I, I, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about here Jordan Howard won if he was on a a team a better team would he be getting more praise regardless of the yeah. numbers that he've, he's put up over the last two or three years yeah you agree he would be getting more praise okay. yeah I mean in incredible numbers now I mean he was the best running back in the NFL last season I've said this a few times on the podcast and he didn't play a game until about late October and then the next thing you knew he was 100 yards off the lead in Russia and then mm. he's got over 1000 again this year in a team that 
is so heavily predicated on the run it's really difficult for him yeah I think he's I think he's a great player and I'll forever feel negatively about Neil Dutton for persuading me to trade him for Jarvis Landry after week three of fantasy football this what, year what are you doing that that is one of the worst decisions I've ever ever, well, ever heard well he had, a, he had a really spotty start to the season and each week he was getting his job taken by Tariq Cohn who I also had in my fantasy team so I kind of worded up and I wasn't going to do it and then I asked Dutton he was like you've got Tariq Cohn oh you need to do that in a heartbeat so I did huge mistake <laughs> it's a diabolical mistake we've probably spent a little especially bit... Ollie it's a keeper league and I've managed to pick him up really got onto him early last season and rolled the wave of them for the rest of the year. So after doing that and that being a success story for me, I threw it all away. Jarvis Landry, what are I know you, it's, what are you it's doing? Jarvis Landry, who I traded away the year before. But the problem was, I lost three starting caliber receivers at the start of the season through injury, mm. and I already had Melvin Gordon. Um, who else? And there's one other stud running back. And then I, I eventually picked up Alvin Kamara on waiver wire, so I've done the same as what I did with Howard last year with Kamara. So at least that makes up for it slightly. I mean, it does, but it's still a, a diabolical decision. We spent a bit too long on this game for my liking. Oh, I didn't get your predictions. Uh, you can go to Gridiron Hyphen Magazine Predictor Game to still log your predict- predictions. You end up getting a prize off Football America, don't you, Matt Sherry? You do, yeah. It's a personalised prize for the team that you support. Usually a hat, I believe, but there might be other options if you if you ask the guys there. So, yeah, a prize available, and there's still weekly prizes available, so worth logging your picks. Well, there you go. I, haven't, Ollie, won. I haven't won it yet, so there we go. To, to answer your question, I picked Denver for last night, and I picked Detroit and Los Angeles for these Saturday Ooh, games. Ooh, I'm picking Bears, because I that helps Green Bay... I've never picked the Bears before, and I'm picking them this time, and I'm going to pick... Uh, I, I love the Chargers. I'm going to pick the Chargers. Oh, it's heart ruling head at this time of the year, and it, it really, really, it shouldn't be. That's disgraceful from me. Right, on to Sunday and the 6 o'clock games. Where do you want to start, Matt? Or is there only one real place to start? There is only one place to start, Ollie, and I want you to tell me how you feel. Uh... I'm pretty petrified, to be honest, because it, all of this rigmarole of, of Aaron Rodgers being back and he is going to run the table 2.0. I don't think he said that, but, you know, this, it's it's a, it's a worrying time because Rodgers can do this. And I really believe that everyone, every, everyone on that team's level will rise 20%. But is that enough to beat the Panthers who have just beaten the Vikings who have been looking pretty good over the, the last pretty much since they let Kelvin Benjamin go but ironically they don't have much to throw to with Devin Funchess being a little injured at the moment as well it's a, it's a real a real toss up game for me because the Carolina defence is playing incredibly well the Green Bay defence is playing pretty poorly it, 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 and also one thing I've not seen many people mention is Dom Cabers has a terrible record against running quarterbacks. No. Like, dreadful. Well, I, I, I know you have beat Seattle at home in each of the last two years. So, But they've been early in the season, and Seattle are always a bad team early in the season. Yeah. I mean, Cam Newton 
it just all I can think about is those games against Kaepernick a few years ago and he is more than Wilson he is most like Kaepernick in that he can break off 50, 60 yard runs we yeah. saw him do it to win the game last week against Minnesota and we saw and it in it, we saw it against Miami as well when we were there yeah absolutely and I just think it's a Honestly, I really want Green Bay to win because I think it. I think it makes the end of the season spectacularly exciting if Rodgers and Green Bay yeah. are vying, trying to win every game for the playoffs. But it's such a tough game to come back to. I mean, I, I've picked Carolina, and that is very much the opposite of you, which is head rule and heart. But I would love Green Bay to do it, and ultimately, I'd love Green Bay to be in with a chance come week seventeen. But I think it's a really, really tough ask. What worries me is uh, Jonathan Stewart had a, a great game against the Vikings last week, as did against Green Bay Isaiah Crowell, who went over 100 yards for his first for the first time this year. So Green Bay are not getting it done in between the tackles and uh, defensively. Offensively, the wide receivers have seen such little action apart from Devontae Adams on anything downfield. Will they remember how to run these routes for for Aaron Rodgers? Will is Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson, and Randall Cobb's regression is that solely down to Hundley, or is that down to 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 age? I think we saw at the beginning of the year when Rodgers was fit that Cobb and Nelson, okay, Nelson was catching some cut, uh, some touchdowns, but they they have regressed regardless of who the, the quarterback is. And then yeah, you're right, that defense has been has been shoddy at best so you know if if Green Bay were already in with a chance of winning or if I was already in with a chance of of winning the gridiron pick'em game uh, the predictor game I would pick Cal- Carolina here but my heart is going to rule my head I'm desperate for the 7-6 and six Packers to beat the 9-4 and four Panthers not only does that help the pa- Packers if they do uh, just on terms of record but when it comes to tiebreakers that will be crucial down the stretch especially given that the NFC North and the NFC South are all playing each other I'm going Green Bay I don't like what I'm doing but my heart will always rule my head you are going the Panthers yeah and I mean the one final thing I'd say is they've really figured out how he was Christian McCaffrey yeah yeah. And that's been a big difference the last couple of weeks they've, it's not gimmick anymore it's just using him as a good player let's stick with the NFC North the Minnesota Vikings they take on the Cincinnati Bengals the Bengals coming off of that horrendous loss against the Bears we just spoke about it and the the Bengals who look like a team that are absolutely done I can't look anything past a big uh, Minnesota Vikings win I think this has easily the potential to be the biggest margin of victory of the day doesn't it because I think I think I, I think Minnesota could easily shut the Bengals out and I think that the Vikings can do anything they want on offence with the injuries that Cincinnati have. At home, they're coming off a loss, so they're going to be a bit more determined. The number one seed is wide open for them now because you've got to think that the Eagles might lose a couple of more games. Yeah. It's going to be a huge Vikings win. I think the biggest line of the day is, is the Jets against the Saints, but I think the Vikings will have the biggest margin of victory of the day. Yeah, 10.5 points, the Vikings uh, favourites by Thielen. Diggs. There'll be no Kyle Rudolph, but I don't think there's, that's any great shakes. Um, I just, if this team had Dalvin Cook, they would be hands down yeah. the easiest team, the, the the best team in the NFL. 
Yeah, they would, yeah. The, the, I mean, I would still worry about them in a one-off game against some teams in the Super Bowl, but from, from a pure talent and, and scheme perspective, they'd be number one without doubt. Uh, so we're both going Vikings there. The next game I want to talk about is the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the Jags are 11 points favourites in this. Uh, TJ Yates will be under centre for the Houston Texans against that vaunted and fabled and lights out defence one of the best defences the NFL has seen in years well maybe since the Denver defence that won the Super Bowl two years ago so but, uh, but I, would say, I would say that they're in that conversation with that Denver team and the Seattle team from a couple of years before yeah. that with how how good they are from top to bottom exactly but playmakers all over the shop and then the guys that are coming in Paul Puzlosny being one uh, for, for Telvin Smith just making play after play tackle after tackle big moment after big moment over the last two weeks when Smith's been in the concussion protocol or just coming back so they've got players that can come in and then the two corners Ramsey and Boye look we've waxed lyrical about this the entire it feels like the entire season they're playing so well and I don't see anything that the that uh, the Houston Texans can do. Deontay Hopkins is having a really great year. He is, how they say, quarterback proof. It doesn't matter whether it's Tom Savage or Sean Watson. I think it matters when your quarterback is TJ Yates, though. And against those those incredible corners, like I said, and the safety uh, Barry Church coming over to help as well, I, I think this could be another big win for the Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles, who has actually been looking quite good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I'm, I, we spoke about that in the last show. I'm still dubious of it, but it's another game. It's similar to this. So I think Jacksonville can do whatever they want on offense because the Texans' defense wasn't playing great when they had all of the the pieces up front, and the secondary isn't great. So I mean, it is an opportunity for Balls to put a third big game together, and if he does that, then maybe you get the confidence roll. And so I think that's important for the Jaguars is for Balls to keep playing the way he is before the playoffs because I think if he has suddenly a two or three turnover game that they lose I think that's a, that's tough heading into the playoffs but they're riding the crest of a wave and I would expect them to continue that this week and come midnight they might just be in players for the second seed as well so we'll see how that goes <laughs> yes indeed what a lovely tease that is Leonard Fournette is questionable with a quad it's the third or fourth week that he's uh, had some sort of injury issue coming into the into the game. He had a couple of weeks off because of a a team indiscretion. So look at that carefully. But I've still got them big wins, big winners. And, and I don't think there's I don't think there's any need for them to play. Ivory and um, Yeldon have been fine when they've played. Just keep them fresh for the playoffs. That's a great shout. Great shout. We're both going Jags on that. Let's go to New Orleans, a, a city that we both love. Both fell in love oh, with. Oh, do, do we ever. Oh, what a place. Alvin Kamara is, says that he's expecting to play on Sunday. Now, you said taking out Leonard Fournette uh, against the Texans. Should the Saints keep out um, Alvin Kamara against the Jets? Or, because it is so tight, a win's a win. They didn't look themselves without him the last couple of weeks. Do they play him to get their mojo back on offense? Well, t- tell, me, tell me what they should do Matthew Sherry there's no way I would risk playing him I mean at the end of the day they nearly beat Arsenal football even with them leaving the game in the first quarter the Jets are going to have 
Bryce Petty a quarterback. I mean, if Josh McCown was playing, you would argue that the Jets haven't been game in year and, and being competitive, then yeah, you would play him. But really, if you can't win this game without him, then you're not, you're not a playoff team. They should win comfortably. And it, it might sound, but at the end of the day, you have, you've got to play for the future, and the future is a playoff run. And, and now that Wentz is injured, I mean, you could make a real argument that the Saints are the best team in the end. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't play. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I mean, I love to watch the guy play, but yeah, no, likewise. Let's keep him. Let's keep him under wraps, uh, especially it, even if it's just for this week and bring him back against um, the Falcons next week in Week 16, which is a hu- another huge game. Uh, yeah, that uh, that Jets team isn't very good. They're they're coming off of losing their leader in Josh McCown. Uh, I've I've got the Saints in this. Even with or without Alvin Kamara, let's 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 keep Kamara out of this, please, everybody. All right, that's good. Uh, let's quickly run through a couple of other games. Baltimore at seven six take on the Cleveland Browns zero thirteen. I expect the Baltimore Ravens to go in and do this against the Browns, Matt. Uh, yes, but that is another game that Cleveland could win at home. I mean, it, it is the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be on a real low after the way they lost to Pittsburgh. I, I think that was a, a, a huge... Without Jimmy Smith, their secondary is, is bad. So if the Browns remember that they've got, to show, uh, got Josh Gordon on the outside after the first quarter this week, unlike last week, then they often and see if they can get a win finally this season. Sherry, let me. Um... But I'm picking the Ravens. <laughs> I am also picking the Ravens. Philadelphia at the New York Giants. Philadelphia with uh, Nick Foles under centre. New York Giants are still a dumpster fire. Even with Nick Foles as their QB, do you expect the Eagles to put away the Giants quite comfortably? Um, yeah, I think it's a great game for, for the Eagles without Wentz for the first time from the start of the game. Their defence should be good enough to beat the Giants, too. Despite getting rid of the head coach, it's still not a good team. So, yeah, you would think the Eagles can, can roll into New York and get the win. Right, we rattled through those. Apologies, but your teams are no longer relevant or it's an easy game. So, uh, oh, Arizona-Washington. Uh, Arizona have, uh, have placed... Uh, they're, they're, uh, Adrian Peterson. There we go, thank you. have <laughs> placed Adrian Peterson on IR. Uh, I expect Washington to win this, even though they've got a worse record by a win I think they're a better team and um, the Cardinals don't look very good at the moment uh, yeah, yeah, do you agree? I think both teams have done done basically for the year so it's a, who's, who's the worst team rather than who's the better one I think but yeah I'd agree with you I think Washington will win as the home team right three later games there's only one place I want to start though New England they go into Pittsburgh Matthew Sherry tell me how New England lose this game oh sorry win this game <laughs> what's <laughs> going to happen I'm, I'm internal struggle on this because I, I've had a horrible feeling about this period Steve all year barring a couple of weeks of the season where they really started to roll and that is the, the nagging away at the back of my mind in that I'm not 100% sure they're as good as they usually are but but whenever you think that they usually turn it round and They've got a great record against the Steelers, who generally do everything in their power to make life comfortable for them. <laughs> their secondary has been really good the last few weeks, so I would expect them to be better than people are saying against passing weapons. And I think that the Patriots will win, and probably quite comfortably. But 
you don't win that many games for no reason if you're Pittsburgh and as much as they've not been impressive I think you can take a lot from the, the way they're able to win games that they really shouldn't win that's a great trait to have I think there's been a lot of Pittsburgh that they're playing down to their opponents and when the, when the crunch happens and when the time when it when it counts they probably will come out and all guns blazing and and for a lot of people a lot of people's hopes blow the the patriots away is losing Ryan Shazier that big an big of an issue or can or it, what I'm trying to say is the fact that they've lost Ryan Shazier it really showed that they needed him especially in the first three quarters against the Baltimore Ravens how are New England going to exploit that I mean New England are a better place to exploit it than any team in the NFL because of the the diversity of their weapons you wouldn't say that they have the best wide receivers in the NFL but they probably have the best pass caption running backs as a group and the best tight end in the NFL so they exploit it with the, with the running backs and, and coverage matchups and also they're, they're running the tandem Deion Lewis is is a good outside runner as well so you would think that they'll try and stretch the defence side to side I think it's a huge loss Shazier and I mean if he was playing I think the Steelers would have won this game but with him not playing I could see that being just a huge huge problem for them What's Kenny Brick going to add to this offence will we see much of him? Um, I think you might see a bit of him this week because Chris Hogan was terrible last week coming back off an injury and his run blocking was terrible as well so I, I think even if Kenny Bridges goes in and, and run blocks on a few players it's valuable to the Patriots it's another huge target in the red zone which they've needed you might not see a huge amount from this week but I wouldn't be surprised if he was a if he was a contributor come playoff time and also have you seen the contract that they got him on? It was two years wasn't it? Two years, two million. What? <laughs> two million. That's insane. Two. Is there any incentives in that, or is it just? No, no, that, that's the maximum that it can reach. I think. Wow. It's no. Maybe you can get to two million alone next year, but he's playing for vet, veteran minimum the rest of this year, and it's a couple of million quid next year at most. And he signed a four-year, thirty-two million dollar contract with Cleveland last off-season, of which he keeps ten and a half. So it's a great deal for the Patriots to get him, and they've wanted him for a while. They tried to sign him this off-season. Mm. I think they were in for him a couple of seasons ago as well. He was in for a visit as well. So maybe not this week, but I think it's a good sign and that could show up down the stretch. Now, a player that I love on the um, New England Patriots offence is Danny Amendola. I think he does all of the dirty work and all the grunt work, and he, he gets all of the hard yards on the... on the third and longs and the second and longs and I think he's a bit of a, an underrated um, underappreciated player that perhaps only Patriots fans take notice of is that right? It's 100% right and and as a rule they don't use him and, until they need him I mean he's, he's money basically he is the guy that when they need it at the end of a big game they'll throw the ball to and I, I, can you pay anybody a bigger compliment than that he would be used a lot more if he could stay healthy but he can't so they basically use him as a role player who was there in money situations and we've seen him do it in big playoff games in Super Bowls and this is again the kind of game where if they need a player late in the game don't be surprised if he's the one that makes it I'm, I'm going to continue this because you are a Patriots aficionado oh. why did they give up so many points against the Dolphins because Okay, you can talk about Brady not having a great ta- a great game, but twenty seven points 
against the Dolphins on Monday Night Football, when you've got Lev Bell, uh, Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Big Ben throwing to them or, or handing the ball off to them, how are the, the New England Patriots' defence going to stop this Pittsburgh offence? Well, I mean, that game was a perfect storm. So Trey Flowers was out. He is their best pass rusher by a mile. He's the one guy who can legitimately be good offensive linemen, one-on-one. He can even be double teams as well. And also Kyle Van, Van Noy was out. Now, Van Noy's a guy who in pass rush situations they'll use on the edge. He's a very effective blitzer from the linebacker spot. And he's just a, he's just become a really good all-round player. He's also good as a in coverage against running backs, which is why Kenyon Drake had such a big night as well. What that forced them to do was blitz a lot, and they blitzed 60% of the time. Mm. Now, if you blitz in 60% of the time and your pass rush looks as bad as the Patriots did in that game and it doesn't get home, then basically you're going to have guys open because the secondary are all one-on-one and they can't lock that down. So that was why they gave up so many yards. Both of those guys are likely to be back this week, it seems. Um, and I think they'll be much better. And I think the pass rush will be better. They've found a guy called Eric Lee in classic Patriots fashion who was on Buffalo's practice squad four weeks ago. And he's he's not great against the run, but he's become a, he's, he's, he's really effective getting pressure on the quarterback. So I think he has earned a starting role with Flowers out and will play opposite him. So I think the defence will be better than people expect. But again, at the back of my mind, I do have a worry that maybe it's... It's not as good as I'm suggesting it is. It is a stonkingly good game. Stonkingly it's, good game. It, it's it's about the most nervously excited I've been for a regular season game in ten years. Wow! Because, because it's huge. I yeah. mean, it's not just huge in terms of it's obviously huge in the playoff picture because the AFC Championship game goes through Pittsburgh if they lose. But also, after what happened last week. It's the kind of game in December where usually a good Patriots team makes a statement. And if that statement doesn't come, then you've got concerns about the whole season. But if it does come, then they're the absolute un- unarguable favourites again in the AFC. So we'll learn a lot on Sunday night. Oh, can't wait. I've I've picked the, the Steelers. I know you've gone for the Patriots. I've gone for the Steelers. I love what they have on offence. And I think they can't continue to hand the AFC over to Belichick and the Patriots it just can't continue for for goodness sake this might be their last chance to win with potentially the best offensive skill position talent I've ever seen on a single team in in Roethlisberger Bell Brown and then obviously the Bryant and Smith Houston as as support to that are amazing great offensive line so they need to make that pay at some point and I feel like this is the last chance uh, do you also think that it's a lot of people are calling it the MVP showdown between Brady and Brown whoever has the better game and whoever wins is that them with the MVP for the year regardless of how no wide receiver has ever been picked but Wentz going down surely it's still Brady's to, to have right yeah, it's Brady's to lose, but if, if the Steelers win and Brown has a big game, then he's absolutely ahead of him for me. So, yeah, I agree with that completely. And then, if Russell Wilson runs his table and takes his team to the playoffs, then he's, he's in the conversation, and that's our if, next game. If, if Rodgers or Wilson do it, I mean, if if Green Bay make the playoffs, Rodgers probably should be the MVP. Because that's what the award's all about, isn't it? It's, yeah. 
most valuable player. So you take him out, you look largely terrible for several weeks, and he comes back and you win every game. So he is not out of the mix yet either. Oh, don't look when you say things like that. My little heart flutters <laughs> with with expectation, and it's not because you're talking. It's because I'm thinking about Green Bay being in the playoffs and my. Own undying love for Andrew Andrew Aaron Rodgers can't even say his name I'm so excited right let's move on the Rams they travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks so the 9.05 kickoff so some of the 6 o'clock games will still be going on this one will have started again another stonking game I know the two teams the Rams at 9 and 4 the Seahawks 8 and 5 effectively they're on the same record because the Seahawks win this they have a two game tiebreaker head to head tiebreaker over the Rams so they would leapfrog, leapfrog the Rams this game wins the NFC West this game is as huge as the AFC AFC West and the AFC game in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh between New England and the Pittsburgh Steelers this is our gargantuan game Matty Sherry it's a huge game. I mean, you, when you say it wins the NFC West, it doesn't because even if Seattle win, they've, they've got to go into Dallas with Ziggy Ellerly back next yeah, week true. to win the division. True that, true that. I think the Rams will probably win the final two games. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome game. And it's one where a young Rams team could kind of come of age and, and really one where they should come of age because Seattle is decimated with injuries, particularly on the defensive side. I'm just checking now what Bobby Wagner's status is. I think Wagner's out. KJ Wright is out. Um, they're, yeah, I mean, they're all over the top. The Rams should win this game. I mean, they really should. And the only reason that you would pick Seattle is that veteran savvy of having been there and done it. But how many of the guys who are on the field have actually been there and done it in the big games? I mean, not as many as usual. So... To me, this is the the Rams' game to take. And if the Rams don't win this game, I'm writing them off as any kind of contender in the NFC because this is a game they should win. And one, one that if Seattle lose, they're probably out of playoff contention. But it's a tough one. I, I just don't see how, with the talent on the Rams' defence, ultimately making life hard for Russell Wilson, I don't see how the Seahawks ever stop the Rams on a drive. So... I think the Rams should win this game. And I'm changing that pick on my pick and challenge right now. Good for you, buddy. I've gone for the Rams as well. I think the Seahawks are too beaten up. They're too downtrodden. Uh, often that's when Pete Carroll is at his best. But I just don't think they've got the talent. And as you said, on the defensive side of the ball, when you've got Robert Quinn, who I, I think is one of the, He should be on your underrated team of the year. Uh, I also love Aaron Donald as well. He shouldn't be on anyone's underrated team of the year because he's totally rated. He is one of the best players in the NFL at that position. They'll stuff the run. They'll get to to Russell Wilson. Okay, Wilson is so elusive, but that that Rams secondary is pretty good. Um, and then you go to their offense. Todd Gurley is just having an incredible year. It's it's incredible the amount of. Balls he's catching out of the backfield. He's got 600 yards. He's got over a thousand yards rushing as well. So he's having a great year. They've got the 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 excellent wide receivers. The two tight ends, good blocking tight ends, allow for the receivers to to get downfield and and Goff to have the time to throw. Goff, okay, he's not been the the playbook has been simplified and he's had a lot of dump off yards to to the likes of Gurley um, et al. But I, I it's a it's a playoff game in week 15. And the Rams have to win it. You're right. If they lose this, okay, they may win the next two games and get squeak into the playoffs. 
but it shows they don't have the playoff gumption to get past any of those any of the better teams in the NFL so I'm going Rams and if they do win this you could expect them to probably make it to the divisional championship game I think it's that bigger game for them yeah and, and I mean you say that but I mean no they've lost they've not got the tiebreaker so it'll definitely be the third seed but yeah I agree I agree with everything you've said oh thanks mate right um, so you've gone Rams I've gone Rams let's go to San Francisco just down the Pacific coast yes I'm making this geographical for you all guys Tennessee Titans they massively need a win a massive massively need a win however they are one point underdogs against the San Francisco 49ers nay the Jimmy Garoppolo led San Francisco 49ers a man I know Matthew Sherry you love and had he have stayed in New England it could have been your next jersey I'm just putting that yeah, out there. Yeah, absolutely could have been. No doubt about it. I mean, this is this is a form team against one that has just fallen off. I would say that the Titans have fallen off a cliff if it hadn't been so obvious that it was coming because of how poor that they've been mm. over the last few weeks. So, yeah, I mean, this this to me is absolutely understandable that the 49ers are favoured and probably the first game they've been favoured in for a, for a couple of years. But... I just can't. I think that the Titans are going to lose the last three games. I know Mania picked that, didn't we, earlier on in the week? And yeah. I just struggle to see how to get it back on track. I have no belief in their coaching. And I think that Garoppolo at home, another week in the system, I think Garoppolo could put on a little bit of a show this week. Wouldn't that be great to see for everyone? Just to show, yeah. just to show what New England left. I mean, I know. I think they know what they um uh, they lost when he left. Um, Foxborough but just to show the entire league that the 49ers will be taken seriously next year with two fit healthy running backs an outstanding quarterback draft a really good um, wide receiver or two get a decent tight end in use free agency well Uh, the the Titans are a dumpster fire for me at the moment Mariota hasn't looked very good he hasn't looked very good when he's been fully fit He's looked even worse when he's had these injuries, and he's still carrying a, a minor hamstring in, injury at the moment. They don't know what their best option is at running back. They keep running DeMarco Murray when they know that Derrick Henry is better. I don't know what's going on there. Delaney Walker, and um, we spoke to on the NFL show on TalkSport, uh, I think it was last week, we spoke to a Titans beat writer who said that the entire offense revolves around Delaney Walker and what he's doing whether it's blocking or whether it's catching the ball upfield and when that's the case I think Walker's 34 33, 34 years old there's something chronically wrong there plus their coach also a guy who's, who's always banged up himself I mean yeah exactly you put Delaney Walker on a better on a better team imagine if he's with Gronkowski or he's got Travis Kelsey there as well instantly those teams become even better because he's so good and because he's got to do everything he's getting injured all the time and let's get on to Mike Malarkey a guy who probably should have been fired last year he will get away with it again this year I know I'm pretty sure he's in a rolling contract I don't know what his contract situation is and whether it's been extended I don't think think he could possibly get away with it again this this year simply and not really because of the record but largely because of how bad Mariota looks they need to get somebody in to sort that issue out because that's their franchise for the next 15 years and and I mean basically 
he has been a terrible, terrible coach throughout his tenure in the NFL. This is his third NFL team. How he got the job in the third, first place is beyond me. And he's a really arrogant man as well, thinks he's a great coach. And he's dreadful. So let's hope he gets fired for Marcus Mariota's sake. And, and he was just a caretaker. He was brought in just to steer the ship till the end of the year. And his steering of the ship hit many rocks, almost capsized the ship. It didn't look very good for them. Yet they've bodged it and patched it up and they've sent him out to sail again. What is going on with this Titans team? It's, yeah, it's, it's just crazy, man. I mean... The, it is a dumpster fire, exactly what you've said, and yeah, I, I really I like Tennessee, so I hope that they lose their remaining games, and I think Tennessee fans should hope that as well. I have gone for a Mariota defeat. The te- the San Francisco 49ers, I'm taking the win for them, and I think it will be more than one point. I think it'll be about seven points. Likewise, ah, good man. Right, let's rattle through the last two because I forgot one of the earlier games on Sunday, Miami Buffalo. Who is this is one of the hardest games in the NFL to pick for me yeah I mean I, I think that Buffalo have nobody at quarterback so for that reason I think Miami will win I'm just checking now to see if there's any word on the yeah the situation. I think it's um, I think it's still Nate uh, no Peterman went out didn't he oh Tyrod Taylor's back so that changes things oof if Taylor's back but then the the Dolphins are coming off a big win, but it'd be they really are, be really dolphiny for them to to throw it away at it Buffalo, was, wouldn't it? Buffalo's a tough place to play, especially in December. Yeah, I'm gonna go for the Bills. Buffalo, tough place to play in December for a warm team going up there. Uh, Jay Cutler's used to the cold, but he didn't like it, and he was rubbish in it. I'm gonna change. I was Miami. I'm gonna change my pick to the Tyrod Taylor-led Buffalo Bills. Right. Sunday night football, Oakland at Dallas. Zeke is back. Uh, no, sorry, it's Dallas at Oakland. I take it yeah. back. Dallas at Oakland. Zeke is back, but will the will the Oakland Raiders have anything that will be able to stop them? Matthew Sherry, I think not. Um, no, the one is Zeke back. I thought he was out. I thought he was back. Right, let me check. Live checking. Maybe he's back for week... No, Zeke is not back. He's back for week 16. Yeah, he's back next week, isn't he? Yeah, I stuffed it. I'll yeah, leave, it I'm going to leave it, all of that in. Zeke is not so, back. <laughs> even so, I think that the Dallas Cowboys will win because they've improved dramatically since Sean Lee came back from injury. He's the heartbeat of their defence. It's like watching a different defence when he's on the field. Similar to Pittsburgh, as we've discussed their zone defence lives and dies on its middle linebacker they've got their middle linebacker back their defence is playing better Zach Dak Prescott is playing a lot better the Cowboys are winning against the bad Raiders team yeah me too I think the Raiders again it comes down to the coaches and Garrett is a better coach than Jack Del Rio uh, I don't but think I'm not saying something because there's not many coaching matchups that Jason Garrett wins I don't think yeah, Titans uh, who else does he win against the Giants but it's, yeah, you're right. Not many, not many at all. So yeah, I've gone for Dallas. I quite like Rod Smith, and uh, he had a big game last week. Yeah, uh, Cowboys for me, and I don't think it's going to be close. Right, Matthew Sherry. I think we've rattled through it. We've got the 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 Monday night game of Atlanta versus Tampa Bay. I'm picking the Falcons because Tam- Tampa Bay are a terrible team. 
coached by a terrible person. I don't know about, about that. I don't know whether Doug Dirk Cutter but, is a terrible person. But, yeah. Well, but, yeah. Uh, Matthew Sherry, any final thoughts? The, this Sunday is unbelievably exciting and very frustrating that somehow they've got Cowboys Raiders on Sunday Night Football instead of period Steelers which would then have allowed us all to watch Los Angeles Seattle at 9 o'clock what are you doing NFL well they couldn't flex it out but the NFL have got so much muscle they should have just done it anyway yeah just do it guys they should have done it I loved week 14 of the NFL I loved it I thought it had everything I think it's been I think it's been a great season for two weeks. Apart from the injuries as well. But yeah. it has been a great season. And I think from week fourteen to week fifteen, I think week fifteen will be insanely good. I'm so excited about it. The games really matter at this point. Oh. The interdivisional stuff, and then we've got the divisional rounds next week, and the, the oh, it it it's so it, it all means so much. It's really, really, really exciting, and I think the schedule makers at the NFL have done quite well. I mean, I know they don't know who's going to be winning year to year and what the the matchups will be, but the fact that the South plays the North in the NFC and it's going to expire that'll that'll um that's going to decide everything and then you've got this New England-Pittsburgh game where it is and ah, oh, just brilliant just brilliant I love football at the moment sit back on Sunday and enjoy it guys oh, I can't wait Matthew Sherry thank you very much for joining me for the last uh, 55 minutes an hour or so uh, I love you buddy and um, this has been the Gridiron Show with Touchdown Trips getting you yes you in the game <laughs> As we approach a time of year associated with a miracle, something nearly miraculous is happening down in Jacksonville. Namely, Blake Bortles is once again a viable asset in fantasy, but at the same time is not holding the Jaguars hostage with his play prior to garbage time. Deck the halls! Bortles has amassed at least 16 fantasy points in six of his last seven games, with four touchdowns to zero interceptions in his last two. The Houston Texans have allowed at least 15.1 fantasy points to six of the last seven quarterbacks that they've faced. With the loss of Carson Wentz affecting many fantasy owners, Bortle is a low-cost option who could go some way towards replacing Wentz's production. I will let you down, crooned Johnny Cash. I will make you hurt, in the chorus to his epic cover of the Nine Inch Nails track Hurt. The same can be true this week of Travis Kelsey. An absolute stud for most of the 2017 season, even during the Chiefs' offensive struggles, his Saturday night won't be alright for fighting. It's a bit of a uh, stretch from Johnny Cash to Elton John, but hear me out when he takes on the Chargers. One of the hottest teams in the NFL, the Chargers' defence has allowed just three touchdowns to tight ends this season. Kelsey also has no pass form against this team to fall back on. In seven career games against the Chargers, all Chiefs wins by the way, he has four or less catches in four of the games. The next touchdown he scores against the Chargers will be his first. If it was borderline miraculous that Blake Bortles could be usable, I'm not sure what phrase describes the light bulb suddenly coming on in the last four weeks for Eric Ebron. Enduring a contract year from hell for much of 2017, Ebron has 18% of the Lions' total targets over the last four games, reeling in 22 passes for 215 yards. In another Saturday clash, the Lions take on the Bears, who, like the Chargers, have allowed only three tight end touchdowns this season. It is noticeable that Ebron's hot streak has not included a visit to the end zone, but if he continues to see looks, this could end this week. 
It's not just that the Packers have been great against tight ends this season, which they have, that makes Greg Olsen an incredibly risky play at such a crucial stage of the season. Since his comeback from a foot injury, he has been forced from the field in both of the games he has played in. Granted, last week he returned to play on 92% of the team's snaps, but given legitimate questions about his fitness, his less-than-stellar matchup, and the fact that he has a single catch for 10 yards from five targets in his return, it's hard for me to trust him. The loss of Carson Wentz came as a dagger strike to the hearts of Eagles fans and fantasy owners, but time waits for no man. The Eagles have another game to play, and in Wentz's absence, they may look to lean more on their already efficient run game. This could mean good things for London-born Jay Ajayi, who, despite not seeing a full workload since joining the team, has been ridiculously efficient. His 44 carries have garnered 307 yards at a nearly absurd 6.4 yards per attempt. The Giants have allowed at least 109 rushing yards to running backs in five of their last six games, while conceding three scores on the ground to them in their last two. On the other side of the field for the Giants, Sterling Shepard is not a player I expect to make much noise against the Eagles, especially when you take into account just how putrid the Giants' offence, with or without Eli behind centre, has truly been this season. They've not topped 17 points in their last four games, the longest such streak since Eli's rookie year. After 13 targets in Week 10, Shepard has had just nine in his last two games since returning from his migraine-related illness. He hasn't scored a touchdown since Week 3, although that was against the Eagles. Thank you.